Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better, how to create better family, health, business, and self. I am a person who loves to share products that I love. And when I was thinking of this Mom Maker series and featuring women who are creators and who just like to pour out their passion into their product, into their service, into their business, I couldn't help but thinking of these two ladies because I use both of their products and I fully recommend each of their products because I love them. And the first lady I want to introduce is Christine. Christine is the owner and creator of Sola Skincare, a small batch handmade natural skincare line that utilizes the medicinal benefits of Chinese herbs to enhance those products. You see her husband, Aaron, uh, he's a doctor of Chinese medicine, Western and Chinese herbalist and acupuncturist. And he selected these herbs for the products based on his knowledge so that they will help the product's performance. Now, Christine is passionate about supporting other small and local businesses. She loves figuring out how to make things on her own. And she is very passionate about her impact on the environment. Another reason why I adore this lady. She's always trying to figure out ways to reduce and reuse things to prevent more landfill waste. She's also a mom of two lovely girls, uh, Sophie and Lila. My other guest is the creator of a product that I also love, and her name is Lori Turk. Lori Turk is the inventor of SafeGrate. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome kitchen gadget, and she's also the founder of April Ideas, a company she created to support her product. And like most entrepreneurs, Lori does virtually everything in her company as a startup, and I fully understand that. Uh, been there and fully get it. After her product was only on the market for about three months, she was nominated for a Startup of the Year Award with an organization called Mompreneurs. Um, she, after she was laid off about 20, uh, after 26 years as a specialist sales um, representative, for a pharmaceutical industry. It was her chance at that point to, to take her idea from an accident that happened in her kitchen of cutting her thumbnail really painfully while grating a potato that inspired her to invent a solution to the problem that many people experience in the kitchen. And Lori, Lori has parlayed that sales background that she has with optimistic persistence and resulting in getting a sales agency to take her safe, great uh, product within six months of her launch. And I cannot wait to share these two ladies with you. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table where we talk about how to create better. And I am so thrilled to have these two incredible ladies joining me today, joining us and I am grateful for you as our listeners. You have, you, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to share these ladies with you because if you are interested in putting your product out there, you definitely want to pay attention because these two ladies are incredible inventors. And I don't just share about products. I share about products that I believe in, that I use personally, and I cannot wait. So I'm not going to, talk about this anymore. I'm going to introduce them to you. Lori, welcome. Christine, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I am so thrilled to have you. Now, I know I just introduced you uh, earlier, and I think that there's a lot of parts that are missing, and I would love for you to share a little bit more about you. So, Christine, tell us a little bit more about you, your family, and how you're doing today. Sure. Well, uh, I'm Christine. I'm the owner of Sola Skincare. Um, it's a small natural skincare company uh, that I created after our second daughter, Lila, was born. We have two girls, Sophie and Lila. 
And um, yeah, we're doing great. It's a beautiful day. We did a little gardening this morning, got our deck set up and enjoying the sun, went for a run. So yeah, it's been a great day so far. That is awesome. Lori, how about you, honey? How are you doing? Um, things are going good. Um, yeah, it's a gorgeous time here in North Van. Um, I'm the owner and inventor, as Elaine has said, of uh, the Safe Great Kitchen tool. My company is called April Ideas. Things have slowed down a bit with COVID-19, but um, they, they're slowly starting to pick up. So things are good. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yes, it is an interesting time right now. And one thing I always love to share is it's a great time right now to think about collaboration. It's a great time to showcase your friends and, and people who have the same values and interests in the sense of sharing audiences. And this is why I'm so honored to have both of you because I cannot wait to share you with everyone that I know and everyone who's listening, because if you need to protect your fingers from being cut while you are grating that cheese, because we all do it, you need to check out SafeGrate. And it is amazing. And you will wonder where on earth it was beforehand. <laughs> so make sure to check on Amazon. And also I will have all the... Um, websites and links in my show notes for you to go check out there as well. Um, I also want to say, I want to give a shout out right now to Christine and her products. I am in love with her deodorant that she makes. I don't normally talk about deodorant, but I am right now, right here. And my favorite one is the lemongrass one. And I cannot wait to order more and just amazing products. So ladies, I, I Christine, I want you to tell us first, your story. How did you come to make these incredible skincare products? Oh, thanks, Elaine. Um, well, I started um, shortly after our second daughter was born, as I was saying a little bit before, and I actually never intended to start a company. I was teaching, I was on mat leave, um, and I had just kind of started to look more at the ingredients of the products that I was using as a mother and for our family. And then I read this book called There's Lead in Your Lipstick by Jillian Deacon. And it kind of just opened up the whole world of greenwashing and natural products and ingredients in the products that you're using. And then it kind of just, I started doing more research and learning about ingredients that were in the products that I was using, about ingredients that I did not want to be using, about filler ingredients. And, and then I just started experimenting and doing the research, figuring out what products I wanted to replace for my family. And so deodorant was one of the first ones and a, a diaper cream because I just had my second baby. And then I slowly started doing research and product testing just with my friends kind of to figure out, you know, is this something that like, what do you think? Do you think it's good? Or we started talking about it and they wanted to try. Um, and so it very, very slowly grew from there. And my husband is a doctor of Chinese medicine and herbalist. So he's decided which of the Chinese herbs that we'll use in the products that will enhance them. Um, so it's a nice family business. And yeah, it started super slowly. I opened an Etsy shop um, and was working very part time back in 2012, 13, probably. Um, and then was still trying to just slowly building it, slowly building it on Etsy and then going back to work teaching. So it was very, very part-time when I was making deodorant. I started making batches of eight and now I'm making batches of 300 at a time, which for a small business, it's a lot, but for, you know, big companies, it's still nothing. But for me, it's a lot. That's a lot. That's fine. Yeah, it's a lot. And then I moved over to Shopify, opened a Shopify site in 2016. And it's just been very slow, slow and steady. And then I decided that I would I wasn't going to teach anymore. I wanted to do this full time. So I've transitioned over to um, the skincare company full time. And now that's just what I do. And that's just, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to know how you knew how to make products like skincare products with being a teacher as a background. Where, where did that wisdom and knowledge come from? Well, just lots of research and just from university, doing lots of research, researching the ingredients, experimenting with different oils and butters and waxes and how they all work together and essential oils and the Chinese herbs that my husband would, would put together. And then, so just a lot of trial and error, a lot of research, and that's basically it. 
That's incredible. Are you also selling in retail right now? Yeah, a few retail locations. I mainly focus on my online store, but we have a few, probably maybe 15 across Canada. It's not really my focus to grow the retail side right now, but um, it's mainly online. That's wonderful. That is fantastic. I love your story. Finding a solution that uh, for your family and realizing that there are unsafe things in products that we use and how to make it a little bit safer or a whole lot safer. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I can't wait to introduce your products to my, my family as well. And Miss Lori, tell us your story. How did you come to create this product? So imagine, I mean, this is a pretty crazy thing to have on your bucket list, but um, probably like you guys and everyone else out there, I've always had lots of product ideas over the years, like lots of them. And I always thought, oh, on my bucket list, before I die, I would like to take one of my ideas, create the product, bring it to market and, and make like be profitable, like possibly get a little bit rich from it. That to me would be the ultimate business challenge. So about two years ago, I was laid off from my job after 20, over 26 years in the um, uh, rare disease specialist medicine industry. And I was just in my kitchen and I was just grating a potato for dinner. I was making cauliflower cheese pie, one of my favorites. And I cut my, like the nail, like right the skin, I cut it and it made me so angry. That was like the third time that year I cut myself and truly I'm a bit of a spaz, maybe in the kitchen, but I thought surely I'm not the only person that does this. And I I thought, why doesn't somebody invent something that protects your fingers when you grate food? Like it was just that simple an idea. And then as I was, I continued grading, kind of like with a Band-Aid over my thumb. Um, And I thought, well, why don't you? Why can't it be you, the person that invents this? And I thought, oh, should I? Or like, is, is this viable? And it was very scary because I was surviving financially on a package from my company at the time. I'm also the primary breadwinner. So if this didn't work out... Um, it could be financially ruinous for us, you know, as a family. It's, it is, it's, I, I totally understand the fear that entrepreneurs mm-hmm. have when they're, they're taking that, just even that decision. And so I thought, I'll sleep on it, and no rush. And the next morning, honestly, I was so excited to get started. <laughs> and in my kitchen, I, or in the living room, I had like scotch tape, I had uh, pipe cleaners, I had foam, I had cardboard scissors and I was just trying to create a prototype out of that those materials and I started my research uh, like Christine said I mean uh, you know I started going online what's out there that can maybe solve this problem I started going to the Bed Bath and Beyond stores Canadian Tire all the private kitchen stores and um, I just slowly but surely uh, I got in touch with someone that could help make a prototype. And then I got an intellectual property lawyer to submit for patents and then um, had to find a manufacturer and, and graphic designer. And then, you know, each step along the way, you're going to need more help. I needed someone to make a video for me. I needed a professional photographer. And, and it all happens in due time. Like, and at the, at the beginning, you're so overwhelmed and scared because you think of how much needs to be done. But truly, it, it kind of all works out, right, Christine? Like it just yeah. does. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Your product is beautiful and so ergonomic. It's so easy to hold and it protects those digits so well. <laughs> and, but you were absolutely right. Like when, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, the women who are listening right now who are saying, well, I have a great product idea. How do I get it out there? And, and I always, when they contact me or write to me and I always say, you know, that's, that's great that you have this great idea. And you do want to ask yourself several questions. Uh, first one being, does it solve a problem? And what is that problem it solves? Because sometimes it's not enough that it's cute or that you like it because that might not sell it. But what is the problem that it is solving? And, and, you know, and just listening to both of you, both what you've created solves problems, solves a problem and a need that needs to be fulfilled with your solution. 
And then I often say, okay, well, after you've asked, what does it solve a problem? And if, if the answer is yes, that is a great thing because that means, yes, you have something that is sellable, that is marketable, that can be out there because it solves an existing problem. And then the next question you want to ask is, well, is there something else? Does it exist already? And and do that research. Like you said, like you went to the Bed Bath & Beyond, you went to the Canadian Tire, you did the research. Good on you. And, you know, when people write to me and say, and I, I tell them, do the research. And they say, oh, I don't have time to do the research. And, and then I kindly say back, if you don't have time to do the research, you're not going to have time to do this <laughs> as a business. Because that's the easy part, doing the research. And, and you, sort of. and, you know, if something else exists different from your solution, but still exists, how is yours going to be better? What is going to make you, your product, uniquely different and better? And, and that's what you want to market because when branding your product, it's, it's not about the logo. It is about what people are saying about your product. That is the brand, right? When, when you're sitting at a coffee shop and you hear two people walk in talking about your brand, your product, it's what they're saying that is your brand. So all these lessons that we learn along the way and, and I want us to continue talking about these lessons. And Christine, I'm going to ask you first. The journey is is an up and down journey. It's sometimes it's stormy, sometimes the, mm-hmm. but the clouds always clear. There's always always sunshine behind those clouds. But what is one lesson that you could share with us that you have learned through your journey? I know that our journey is continuous, but what is one? I've learned a lot of lessons, but I think honestly, I think one of the things that has really made a big difference for me is finding other entrepreneurs, a community either in person or online that you can bounce your ideas off of, ask questions, you know, come to with your problems, try to find solutions together because as a solo entrepreneur, I'm basically on my own running this business. It's really it's really lonely a lot of the time and it's hard to know how to solve all the problems that come up and there's always little things that come up. And it's just having a community of people that you can, that who can relate to the same things that you're going through, who can help you, who may have been through something similar or might have an idea. Um, There's such a wealth of knowledge out there. And I've found that most entrepreneurs are so giving and generous with their time. They want to help. They are in this and they know what it's like. Um, And maybe they've already been through what you're, what you're going through. So they might have some wisdom to impart to you. So I think it's super important. That's probably one of the most important things that I've found is to find other entrepreneurs and build your community. And I have a great um, in-person entrepreneur community and as well as a few different online communities that uh, I found are just been so helpful over the years. So true. Absolutely. So true. When I first started, there wasn't much um, that was in person that I knew of. And I was kindly invited to this on, uh, it was a Facebook group of mom inventors in the USA. Somehow someone reached out to me. I think it was the creator of that group. And I was so grateful for that because even though it was just through Facebook, women I've never met before, all American and I'm in Canada, it was just a delight to see that I wasn't going through this alone, that I wasn't the only one struggling with manufacturing or finding out how what terms meant for shipping and things like that, just mm-hmm. to have someone. And, and that was just way back then. And I'm so grateful. And I so agree with you to have that community. So important because you are not going through this alone. And ladies, we are stronger together. And, and don't be afraid to ask, right? Don't be afraid yeah. to ask. And, and give back, of course. Yeah. So important. Lori, what's one lesson you could share with us? Well, great minds think alike, Christine, I'll be reinforcing because, you know, I'd have to say, um, if I think about my product, it's probably the end result of over at least 100 people, at least, who have provided input, assistance, or help in getting it off the ground. And if, you know, I'll admit, I kind of think I'm a bit of a (laughs) know-it-all, or at least, you know, I've been told that. And so it's not easy for me to take advice or to ask for advice. 
And so sometimes you get it and you haven't asked for it. And yet it's really good advice. Like I remember somebody who's was very successful already with a product said to me, it'll take a while for the sales to take off. And I thought, no, no, you just watch. I'm going to be different. I have sales background. And sure enough, it has taken a while for sales to take <laughs> off. I'm like, okay, yeah, she was right. Um, like even you, Elaine, I have learned tidbit. I have learned so many valuable things from you. And so the one lesson, uh, as soon as you can, to get involved with networking groups, um, there are so many around. Like here in North Vancouver, I somehow found out about uh, a group called Mompreneurs, who is now called Revolution Her, who is how I met, met Elaine. I think Christine maybe is part of that organization. I'm not sure. Across Canada. Um, there's there's Small Business BC has so many great courses and you by you attending them in person, you're going to meet other entrepreneurs. And even like that was the best way kind of to start. You can do those online and forum for women entrepreneurs and each community, like there's a Fraser Valley Women's Business Association, etc. And even in North Van, there must be five to 10 different networking groups that I kind of sometimes I would only go in for two or three sessions, just to meet some people and determine is this worth my time or not. And um, it really, from each outing, each interaction, you're going to learn one major, if you can walk away with one major tidbit of information or uh, an idea of what to apply to your own business or your processes, it has been more than worth it. Absolutely. And that is, that is all, that is all you need to do. Whether you're going to an event, whether you're reading a book or listening to a podcast, just take one thing. You know, you might hear like, oh, like 10 great ideas and you leave like, I got to do all these. It And you don't do any of them because it's so overwhelming. Just take one, make one change every day. Work on that one thing and it will amount to some big change because you're changing one little habit or trying one new change in, in something you're doing, whether it's on social media um, because I understand uh, we're on a shoestring budget when it comes to marketing and and how do we do that? And that could be a whole other discussion. Actually, let's talk about it right now. We know that when we are startups, when we are solopreneurs, when we are, are sole proprietors or, or have a product, the budget for marketing is is not there. And sometimes even when we plan for it, it's a sacrifice. And so what is, we can each share a strategy that we've had. Um, and, and I can start, I can start. And I can say that when I first started with Easy Daisies, um, and it seemed bigger then than it is now, but maybe it's, well, it's probably a little bit changed. I, it is influencers, right? It is people who are mom bloggers who who either reach out and say, hey, I love your product. Can I try it out? And I will share it. And there's different different um, levels of that, of course, because some will say that it costs, you have to pay them. But there's a lot of free ones because you're paying them by giving them product and perhaps more product because they're going to do a contest giveaway. I highly recommend that. And a look and, and don't say yes to every single person who comes and says, can I try your product and I'll share about it. Look at their engagement on their social media. You know, there's a, a lot of uh, unreal following as well. And you can see like if they have like 50,000 followers, but then they have like three likes on their comments and uh, on their posts that it, that's probably not one you want to do. I actually recommend going with the smaller um, influencer, the one that has under 5,000 followers because you'll see that their engagement is authentic and real and there's lots of conversation and is their target audience your audience and and because both of you have products that are great for women and families um you know look at that that uh, blogger and say okay this person writes about family issues and solutions for family chaos or for skincare, healthcare, um, cooking recipes, like you say, yeah, that's the one. And look, she has like, you know, hundreds of likes or great engagement, even if it's like a 97 
likes, it's still real. And that's, that's what you want and say, Hey, yeah, nothing wrong with reaching out to them too. And saying, you know what? I have this great product that I created. I'm a mom. Share a little bit about your story. It is your story. And your story is so important. And that is how that blogger is going to connect with you saying, you know what? I'm a mom. You're a mom. I love what you're doing. Sure. I'd love to try it out and, and say, and please do give me your honest feedback because good or bad feedback is wonderful feedback and always be grateful for good and bad feedback. Be so thrilled for that bad feedback because <laughs> that's where we learn. And rather than tell you that bad feedback than them just telling everybody else. So I'm always so grateful because yes, errors happen. Sometimes product is not manufactured the way you wished or hoped. Maybe there's a bad batch that you weren't ready for and had no idea about and just be so grateful for it. And now you can talk way too much. So I'm going to stop talking. Choosing <laughs> <laughs> budget. What is one of your t- uh, tips for that, Christine, on how to, to just share your product out there? Yeah, I used to do a lot of the, more of the influencer uh, trying to build up um, more of a following that way with influencers. And I would reach out to some people or they would reach out to me. And I totally agree with you. You kind of have to check each other's stats to see if it's a good fit. And, um, and then often that would have, that would work out. I would ship them some products and they would do an honest review and it would be a blog post, which was great because, um, that's great for just exposure. Um, I don't really do that very much anymore. I do a little bit of Facebook marketing, but not very much either. I honestly, I don't do too much paid marketing. It's mostly just my own Facebook and Instagram. I'm pretty active on Facebook and Instagram, Um, And I try to engage a lot with my community. I love the community that I've created on social media. It's full of the loveliest people. Um, And um, so, yeah, I'd say definitely um, reaching out to bloggers and just creating a community and genuinely interacting with that community. I think you nailed it right there Um, is engage. Mm -hmm. Engaging in your community, your current following, no matter how small or big it is as long as you're engaging and keeping relevant and providing value to your, your following your community, then it's just becomes contagious because then people say like, you know, you'll see that when you are sharing something of value, like, and Laura, you have some great videos. And, and so when you share great content, you're following your community is going to want to share it for you and say, Cause you'll see that they'll tag other people and say, check this out. And, you know, I, I, I was just looking at some of the comments in some of, of my Instagram and I'll see complete strangers in the community that I have never met personally. And that's what I mean by stranger. And then they'll tag someone and say, just watch the first 12 seconds. Like, because they, they want to share your message. They want to share what value you are offering because you have something beautiful and wonderful and so, yes, engage, engage, engage for sure. And Laurie, I know you're going to say you're a startup and I, I fully get that, but you have <laughs> success and you have a great product. So what is one thing that you have tried to do to put your product out there? Um, so uh, right off the top, uh, I wasn't even on Facebook um, when I first started this journey or Instagram, I am kind of a social media loser. I've said that before and I, it doesn't mean I'm a loser, but I'm just not uh, like the whole online business world. I, I would buy on Amazon. So it has been a really steep learning curve for me. And I want to assure people who are thinking of going this route, if I can get on board and enjoy it. And, and like, I was just taking a course this morning on, on Instagram, that that is the way to go and, and video and using videos to your advantage online. And I'm exploring on my own how to try and drive business. I'm, I'm both in retail stores and Amazon. So I'm needing to really ramp up my Amazon advertising and I'm actually I have been paying a company to help me with Facebook advertising and um, I'm going to move away a bit from that and I um, I've tried Pinterest as well and um, 
there's, I forget, there was another company I was another, oh, I was thinking, of, oh, I'll try house or who, you know, because uh, I like that site myself. Actually, I love Pinterest. So I think that my avatar, you know, my person that would be interested in the product would be on there. But one thing I did when I launched that I think was, was worked well, I had a launch party and it wasn't, I just had it at my house. I am been, and I talked about my product to anyone who had an ear or asked me all the lady, I used to go to a gym, like curves gym. And so me and all the older ladies, they were so supportive and they were my biggest customers like around Christmas they were buying it for their sister-in-laws and for their grandchildren and and one of them said oh you've got to go to the gourmet warehouse the 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 owner is this person's name I mean and somebody knew someone that was Canadian Tire who was the manager her husband had worked there I mean those kind of community contacts can be so helpful to start out so use them absolutely right you you do need to share and, you know, someone once told me, it's like, Elaine, you're being selfish if you're not talking about your product. And I thought, what? Selfish? <laughs> but you created a solution to a existing problem. So why are you keeping it to yourself? And, you know, and we feel, and I, I, I'm I, in the same boat, and I feel like, oh, no, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about easy daisies. And, and because you, you feel like you're selling, but. When you're, and I'm talking about social media right now. And the thing is, you can never share enough because when you share something on social media, less than 2% see it. So it's okay to share it again because it's a different, less than 2% will see it then. And, and do that again and then do that again. But I, Laurie, what you said is so right. Share it with your friends. Share it where you are because you don't know who you're talking to maybe a person who can help you like that. Like you said, someone knew somebody who was a manager at Canadian Tire or knows the owner of that amazing uh, gourmet store down the road. Absolutely, because you have a beautiful product. And yes, it does take time and and it will happen. And um, you're not a social media loser. You're a social media <laughs> beginner. And and, yeah, that's the word. And, 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 and learning and, you know, and it's always changing. So we are all always back to infancy unless you are spending a lot of time in studying it. But yes, social media is important today in our marketing when 87% of women look at social media before they make a purchasing decision. So it, it is okay to show pictures, um, whether it's every third picture on your social media about your product, um, and maybe other ones are, are sharing a testimonial, or maybe it's someone uh, getting your clients to share pictures of them with your product. I, I love the one that uh, Christine, you shared of you holding your product just now. Oh, I sent it. <laughs> I have a new body oil. It's a craft series body oil and it's called Sunlit. And I handwrite all of the labels and you know, you're handwriting, you make a few mistakes. So I wrote Suntit. And so that's my bottle because I hate waste. I'm like, well, I'm still going to use the label. That will just be my label and it will be a good story. And every time I look at it, I'll just laugh. And it's just and it's part of it. It's perfect, right? It creates conversation. It yeah. It's shareable because people share based on emotion and yep. humor. So if it's funny enough, they will share it. If it's touching enough, they will share it. Yeah. And so good on you. And, and it's uh, important to share that like not everything on social media because social media, you can put anything you want on social media and it's not all real. You can project, you can make it look like whatever, but there's always a behind the scenes. There's always all the work that goes into the product. So I think sharing some of the funny things or how things are made or things from your life. It's all important. And it's nice to have a variety of things to share. Absolutely. Um, people appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, it is because this, I love small business and I love supporting local and I love sharing to people that be proud of that you're a small business and, and don't, don't hide that, you know, I, and it, it is a, a huge blessing when you end up partnering with somebody who just says, wow, they love 
that you have this beautiful story behind your business. And, and those are the people you want to work with because it, it becomes a, a great relationship and a lasting one. And, you know, and I've, I've been in it for nine, over nine years. And I have met uh, a lot of people who have either been uh, people who say to me, Elaine, you're too nice to get taken advantage of. And then they do exactly that. And, <laughs> and, and, um, and so unfortunately I've learned hard lessons and expensive lessons. And I've also learned, uh, um, loyalty with some great, incredible companies and don't ever be ashamed of being a small business. Be so proud of it. We are so lucky that we could pivot quickly because we're small and, and make changes that work and learn quickly from lessons so that we can move forward. And I, I want to ask each of you, when we have a listener right now who might be thinking, okay, I have this great product that I want to launch and put out there. What are three things I need to know before I go forth and do that? What is something that you could share? And if it's not three, two, one, that's great. What is something that you would say to this person listening say, okay, I want to launch my product idea. What is something I need to know? Who would like to go first? Um, I can go. Um, I don't know. I think it's important if you have something that you're really passionate about, you should just give it a go and try. Um, because if you don't, then you'll never know. And it's okay if you make mistakes. It's okay if it doesn't work the first time you can pivot and you can change, as you said, as a small business, you can pivot quite quickly and easily and just change things up if it doesn't work. And I think it's important also when you're starting a new business or if you're trying to launch something, it's important to set clear boundaries because, you know, you want as a small business and maybe it's also like as a woman, you want to, you want to say yes to people you want to, you know, give them whatever they want. But sometimes as a small business, that can be really hard for you because it's either it's more work or it doesn't end up working for your business. So I think it's important to set boundaries as well because, you know, it's just it's just important. And I've gotten a lot better at setting boundaries in terms as I've been doing this little, a little for a few years. And as I've gotten older, I'm getting better at sounding, setting boundaries. No, I love that. Like, go for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can summarize your tips right here. To go for it, to, um, did you say take risks and... Well, just if it doesn't work, you can just pivot or if you make a mistake, it's okay. Yes, it's okay to make mistakes and to set boundaries. So go for it, uh, make mistakes mistakes and it's okay and definitely set boundaries. That's a hard one and you're right. And I I don't know if that's a woman thing, but I'm going to say it is a woman thing. (laughs) And, and we do, we need to learn to set boundaries. That's something I know that I'm working on every day. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Lori? Um, I think it's important to accept that whatever design or product idea you start out with in your mind may not be what you end up with. And that's okay. That is a natural part of the design process. And, and, and really what you end up with is probably going to be the very best because it's had input and feedback and changes. And very few of us have ended up with probably what we started, except maybe <laughs> Elaine. No, oh, my product has changed over and over. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really easy to do research online these days. So um, to spend the time and do the research I read an excellent book. It was probably one of the best I'd read of how, if you have a product idea, how to bring it to market. It was like step-by-step. It was written by Laurie Greiner, Greiner of Shark Tank fame. And, you know, it's American. So some of the, you have to be kind of careful, some of the rules uh, in terms of uh, intellectual property. But otherwise, it was excellent, very inspiring book. And I think it's really important to get a non-disclosure agreement uh, very, very early on and get a well-written one. Uh, People can even get in touch with me. I can send them mine, you know, because every time you go talk to a potential manufacturer, someone with packaging, someone to talk to about prototypes, you really should have them sign, um, I think, a non-disclosure agreement and cover yourself for all the work you're doing to bring it to market that they don't scoop it off you and, uh, and put it on market themselves. Yes. And, and 
in the years that I've been doing um, a product, I've been told at trade shows, I've been told um, by distributors, you know, your product will get copied. And I remember how heartbreaking that was the first time I heard that. And, you know, you could, even when I started, I had a provisional patent on my product and um, my first trade show was probably the, the one that I learned the most at, and it was a Canadian toy show in Toronto that no longer exists. Um, but when I went, I was thinking, how am I going to afford to go? The booth is so expensive. But then I did the research, right? Because when you are an entrepreneur, you have to be resourceful. And I, I dug and I researched and I discovered there's something called an inventor's table. And it was only $500 to have this little six foot table at this incredible trade show. But of course, I still have to pay to fly there. I had to find a way to stay overnight for a week almost. And but at least the table was $500 instead of $5,000 or $10,000. And and then I learned um, that I had to protect my my new product because I'm in the inventor's corner where I would have these big name companies that are going to walk through, not just buyers, but large companies who are checking what's up and coming and they already have manufacturing in place and they could snap up their great idea as well. So then I did get a provisional patent. because it was affordable and it was temporary and at least that gave me something. And of course, you trademark, you trademark your name right away. Um, and I did that in the US and Canada right away. So I learned a lot in just doing that first trade show. But yes, there might come a time where your product will get copied. And maybe you've already experienced that. I know I have, and it just breaks my heart every time, but what can't, like, you can only choose so many battles. And, you know, I have a different stance on patents than others, but I know that, yes, there's a lot of value to patents. Absolutely. But also one tweak to someone's product makes it very similar to yours, but uh, it, it will still be different. And that's why a patent is a tricky thing at times. And, you know, I, I, I get wonderful people sending me links all the time saying, Elaine, this person, this, this company has just copied your product or this person has just copied your product. And I remember a large distributor uh, who told me, you know, I, I, they wanted to take Easy Daisy and distribute it. And they said, Elaine, your product is copyable and it will get copied, but it's the first to shelf that wins. And, you know, we can't put our time and energy into being sad or angry about the copycats. We just have to live our, our story and we have to live our brand and continue to, to do that because I think life is short. And I, I know this is a conversation that many listeners have been frustrated with because I get emails all the time of people saying, what do I do? My product just got copied. Don't, don't worry about it because it's not worth putting good money into bad things like this when you're a small business. Yes, if you are a, a billionaire or a multi-million dollar company, yes, you might be able to fight it. But I say live out your brand because it will stand strong. And and as a company told me once, you just have to take it as a compliment that they copied your product. It is a sick feeling, and believe me, I know because I have seen my Easy Daisies board with the tree, the exact shape of my board with a tree in the middle be copied with the magnets or my labels, same color blue, same layout, same images be copied but made like stickers, which I have as well. And it, it makes me nauseous and sick, but yep. <laughs> you have a good attitude about it, <laughs> but you're right. It's, I totally agree. You can't, there's not much you can do about it. There's, I feel like, you know, you just do what you're doing. You have your community of, of supporters and your followers and your customers, and you just do what you can to just follow your truth and what you want for your company. Uh, absolutely. I think our dogs are having a conversation. <laughs> I'm so sorry. See, even though I have a house full of people, no one is coming to get the dog. <laughs> you know, though, Elaine, um, 
I think there is a difference between a design patent and um, yes. what's the other one? The utility patent. Absolutely. And I think the amount of effort, like one is like the gold standard, right? The utility, that's like the big kahuna, but kahuna. <laughs> but um, so how, sometimes it is worth fighting for it. Oh, absolutely. Utility patents. Yeah. Absolutely. And yes, I, I'm not saying that I have never put a, a cease and desist out there. I have. <laughs> and, and you choose your battles. And um, yes, you definitely choose your battles and you have to be careful with manufacturing as well. Even when contracts are signed, I have been uh, notified. And this is why it's so important to have a support community because as I was telling you earlier about uh, a Facebook group that I had joined uh, way back when I first started, years later, one of these ladies tagged me and said, Elaine, look, someone on um I, I like now I'm afraid like do I say names? <laughs> but but one of the manufacturers I've had in China was selling my board. And so very quickly I sent a cease and desist uh a letter, a legal letter to them and they they turned it off right away and I apologized and said it was an error. But yes, and so they made sure it was gone. So yes, you 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 do shut it down when you are able to and uh, choosing your the right battles at the right time, for sure. And I, I want to leave with saying, besides that I admire each of you so much and respect you so much. And that's why I am just so honored to share you with, with our listeners. This podcast is all about Create Better. And you have each created products that help create better life for others. And I'm so grateful. And that's why I love your products so much. And I can't wait to actually uh, shop from each of you again for, for Christmas coming up. Because <laughs> supporting local is so important. And especially when you know the, the mom and the story behind the products. But I would love for each of you to share one thing, and so not a paragraph, but one statement of a tip of how to create better family. So Christine, one tip for how to create better family. Um, I think in this day and age, I think it's important to like turn off at the end of the day, take your phone away, your computer away, because it's just turn it off and right, be present, be present with your family and your kids. Yeah. Love it. it. Lori, how about you? How to create better family? Um, I would say um, involve them in a lot of the daily activities as, as much as you can, or even the conversations and let them go on deliveries with you or help package the materials. Or, you know, I wish I had almost learned more bookkeeping from my mom now, but I learned a lot of basic skills from my parents working for them and their businesses. And that sticks with you. Those are good skills for life. So uh, I would say involve your kids as uh, much as you can. Absolutely. And I love that. And, you know, I, I try my best to do that with my kids and they, I want them to see my struggles. I tell them about my struggles. I tell them when I fail or when it fails and when there's successes, because I want them to, to become risk takers and to understand that it is absolutely okay to fail and to fall. And it's absolutely okay because there's so many lessons learned in getting up. And, and in, in, in personality and in, in integrity and in, in just who we are and definitely life lessons. Thank you, ladies. And because of time, I'm only going to pick one more. And I'm going to say one tip for self. And by that, I mean self-care, self-improvement. What is one tip that you can each share? Christine? Um, I think prioritize your health. Um, one of the things actually a blessing that's happened with COVID is your regular routine has been totally disrupted. So I started exercising <laughs> and running, which I have never done. I've never. For you. Um, <laughs> it's because there was no rush to get the kids ready in the morning to go. Like there was time. It was just a whole different thing. So I've actually taken the time to prioritize health and exercise, which is good on you. Good for you. <laughs> And do you do that in the morning then or in the evening? Yeah. I like to do it in the morning. Just get it over with, get it done in the morning. And then you, you know, you know, you've done it. 
you just kind of block for the rest of the day. It keeps your metabolism up for the rest of the day. So good on you. Good on you. And Laurie, how about you? One tip for self. Um, I would recommend to get involved or join in as many networking groups and take as many free business courses as you can, as time allows. That will broaden your skill set. It will broaden your business community, your mentors, and your own knowledge, and and it'll make you a more confident uh, person. I love that. I am all about being a lifelong learner and and so important. And, you know, I have a strong belief, like what you're saying is that you can learn from everyone. There's always something you can learn. So thank you for that. And something I discovered over COVID is Scribed, which is um, audiobooks. (laughs) I love books and I wish I had more time to read books. I actually love physical books because I love turning the pages. I love that feeling of getting from the cover to cover. And, and then I'm like, what, what else can I read? So when I first discovered Scribe, I was a little overload because I think I, I read three books in two days. And, <laughs> and what I do is I, I have it playing while I'm doing uh, emails or other work. And then I have a notebook beside me and then I stop and I actually write down like a big nugget that I, I just heard. And so that I can share that or, and apply it. And I share it with my kids. I, and I try to see how we can all apply this because it's uh, so great to show our kids that we are always continuously learning. And ladies, you are both incredible. And I'm so, so blessed and honored to, to have met each of you in my life and in my journey and, and, um, and to call you a part of my community. So thank you. Thank you you so much for inviting me on. Thank you. This was really fun. And thank you to our listeners. Um, I know that you got so many nuggets out of each of these ladies and, and please do reach out to them as well. So Lori, if someone wanted to find you, where's a great place for them to find you? Um, They can just email me at Lori, L-O-R-I at April dash ideas.com or my website if they google safe great all one word they'll find my website and they could come on and they can get in touch with me through that as well perfect and christine where can people find you right now um they can find me on social on instagram i'm sola.skincare and facebook and the website is solaskincare.com perfect and i have all of this also in my show notes but I know that sometimes when people are listening, they are also uh, Googling for you right now. So thank you, ladies, so thank much. You, Elaine. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. Have a super fantastic day. Thanks, Elaine. Good luck, Christine. Thanks, you too.